Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, international best-selling indie author, Carissa Andrews, and CEO of Author Revolution, the indie author source for all things rapid releasing. In today's podcast episode, I had the privilege of interviewing, again, Stephen Gordon. And this time, rather than talking about automations, which is something he is spectacular at, we ended up talking about author emails, and in particular, email marketing, because this is something that is a passion of his. So without further ado, let's just head straight into the interview and see what kind of insights and tips he has to offer us authors on how we can manage and utilize our email marketing. Welcome once again, Stephen Gordon, to the Author Revolution podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about some fun stuff, right? Email marketing, the best thing in the world. Email (laughs) marketing. There's a reason I get into email marketing, and it is because it is such a great, consistent way of of marketing to to a highly engaged audience. Well, and it's obviously very important for authors, so... Yeah, I mean... Email marketing, uh, for anybody who's completely new to it, uh, it's essentially just sending commercial emails to someone uh, to buy your product or service. So with author email lists, is there a specific reason that you would say for sure that authors then need them? Like what should they actually be doing with their emails if they're going to try to pull people into their list? Readers really want to engage because they want to know a lot of questions. They want to know What's next? When's the next book out? You know, where do you get your influences from? Uh, and a, a fantastic example uh, is a British comic book writer. Um, I started following his email list about 10 years ago. Uh, and it started out as, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, this is an email list. I'm putting a bid in for a story in, uh, you know, in a, in a local British comic publication. And over the 10 years, that, that person's email list has just grown you know, to the point where uh, he's now uh, saying, hey, you know, uh, actually it's almost 20 years, where he's, you know, the, the big news today is obviously saying, hey, you know, I've, uh, we just started shooting The Sandman today, which is Neil Gaiman's mailing list. Oh my gosh. And watching this fledgling stuff go all the way up through where someone is talking about, you know, a nervousness of submitting the first script all the way up through to, you know, hey, you know, we've, we've just started shooting a, you know, a mega multi-million dollar series with the biggest streaming service in the world. You know, and that's a, that's a newsletter I've followed for, as I say, about 20 years. You know, and that's the joy of, of email marketing for authors is that once you start engaging with someone, uh, it isn't just about sell, 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 sell. You have an opportunity for very low cost uh, to develop a long-term relationship. I have cried like a baby uh, at Neil Gaiman's newsletters when he, when he <laughs> spoke about a dog that he rescued from the side of the road. And I followed that rescue dog journey with him over about six years. And then, you know, and it's wow. just like, oh my goodness, this, you know, Neil Gaiman is like a wonderful human being. And then the dog got old and you're like, the dog is dead. You know, and it was oh, a, you get a, you get a strong emotional uh, connection with someone, you know, which is why, you know, I have pretty much everything that Gaiman has ever written. Um, you know, I've watched every episode of American Gods, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm listening to the Sandman on, on Audible because I'm just like, yes, this is brilliant. And <laughs> a big part of that relationship has been those regular communications through a mailing list from Neil Gaiman saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. Um, and there is no other advertising, um, you know, those emails do not feel like advertising to me. You know, it just so happens to be, it feels to me, hey, it's an, you know, it says, hey, Stephen. And it feels like an email from a friend who just happens to mention, hey, I've got a new book out. And you click on it, you go and buy it. It's like, you know, I'm supporting a friend. So that's why email marketing is so incredibly powerful for authors, because you get to build those long-term relationships where selling kind of slips into the background. And the most important thing is you're building those relationships. So, for example, I know in, in your emails, for example, Chris, you know, you talk about different aspects of your life. You know, some sort of going, hey, what's Chris up to this week? Oh, that's great. You know, and, right. You know, we talk pretty frequently. And, you know, and, and I think it kind of surprises you sometimes. And I say, hey, you know, I saw you up to this this week. And you're kind of like, How'd, oh, yeah, you read the newsletter. Oh. <laughs> I forget and that you're even on it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's so weird. Know, but, this is this is the most powerful thing about newsletter or email marketing is if you build the relationships, everything else just comes along naturally. And it's it's all about, you know, finding um, it's a combination of two things. 
It's about finding the content that you're quite happy to sit down and write weekly, which you do. You right. are, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about frequency at some point. Um, I was just going to ask that you know, question. If, Actually, it was on my, uh, in my brain. I'm like, okay, how, first of all, I want to know though, real quick, how, how frequently does Neil Gaiman actually put his out? He used to be weekly. Not so much weekly? anymore. Okay. It's just like, no. what, what, what's happened? Neil, you're just not, you know, we're not good enough for you anymore, but it, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, you sort of go. He's know, like, I have on, Netflix dude, now, I'm, people. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the net. I've got Netflix money now. I don't need you guys. I don't need you going out. You know, I don't, I don't need a couple of hundred sales on Amazon. You know, dude, I've, <laughs> I've got six-figure deals with Netflix. You know, sort of going, dude, hire an assistant. Make them write it. Um, but he, he, he sort of slipped back into a monthly now. Um, okay. You know, but I'm hoping that that returns because the really successful ones, I mean, I'm, I actually checked before this. I'm subscribed to three and a half thousand newsletters because it's part of my job yeah and, and, and it's and it's a good maybe three and a half thousand is a bit excessive but you know that's a, it's good for me because i get to see there are trends in email marketing so just as you see fashion and trends and everything else there is an email marketing as well it lets me see what's coming through sure. um, but i have uh, and i recommend this to everyone Get a dedicated Gmail account. You know, you can call it, you know, Stephen uh, Newsletter Test at Gmail. Doesn't matter. And you're going to use this account to sign up for every newsletter you see. And I mean every newsletter, especially authors' newsletters. Actively go out and hunt for them. You know, whenever you're, you know, if you find books on, on Amazon, especially in your genre, uh, go and find their sites. Sign up for their emails. Sign up for those newsletters. They're all going to come through and you're looking for things like, do they go into the inbox? Because if they do, we'll talk about that later on. But getting an email, getting your newsletter email into someone's inbox, that's a huge win. That's a massive win, especially sure. with Google. Because the reason why I recommend getting a, a Google account to do this, Google has the best spam filters in the world. And they also have that little added challenge of Google don't let anyone, just anyone into the inbox. If they have a whiff that you're doing some sort of promotion, they'll put you in the promotions folder. And that's just stepping you away from reaching that inbox. So this is why it's hugely important for authors to use their, their newsletters to build the relationships as opposed to selling. Because after a while, Google says, Yes, Stephen wants to hear from Carissa. So, you know, he keeps, you know, marking that as it's clean, that it's fine. And then you'll just start dropping into the inbox, you know, more and more frequently and not going into the spam folder or with Google, more than likely the promotions folder. So, right. yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge topic, but it's, it's massively important because, you know, getting, getting your email marketing right and you'll see the authors as you sign up for all the different mailing lists even going outside your genre um, because, you know, as a genre, uh, romance authors are killing it. How so? Romance right. authors, and, and I, I must find this out, I, I think someone, by the looks of it, maybe about 18 months, two years ago, has influenced romance authors to segment their content. And what I mean by that is that they've said, hey, put up a big calendar, and in week one, you're going to send a book review. Hey, I read this book this month, and it's wonderful. You know, in week two, you're going to say, hey, here's a classic film. Here's a classic love story film that I enjoyed. You know, in week three, you're going to talk about your process. And in week four, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to talk about another aspect. And it works. It works really well because the emails tend to be shorter. They tend to be tightly focused. But more importantly, they tend to be conversational. It's all that concept of you're building that relationship constantly and they're doing it in an authentic way. People sign up to you for a reason. You know, as a, as a supernatural author, sorry, actually that would be kind of cool, a supernatural author. Somebody's probably already done it, but there's a story idea. Uh, <laughs> but, as a, but as an author of, of, of supernatural fiction, of urban, urban fantasy fiction, you know, if that is your genre, if you're then delivering that content week in, week out of, like, you know, this is, this is a big world. There's lots of other content that's happening in that space, not just other authors in that space, which is cool to do as well. But if you're just talking to people about new genre fiction, then you're just going to keep buying into it every week. I guess the overall impression I'm trying to give is that the really important thing for email marketing for authors that's different to everyone else, 
you don't get this for e-commerce is you get to build a real genuine long-term relationship between you as the author and the audience because you are both into the same thing that plays in really well to starting to identify who your audience is well, so for any of the listeners who are like, okay, well, I've started a, an email list. I'm not quite sure if I'm liking it, or maybe they haven't started one. I know I have a, a number of authors who are in my circle who are new and they really haven't put the effort into building a list yet. Do you have any service providers that you recommend the most? I'm always hesitant about this. I'm, I'm, anyone who's listened to this podcast, please, please, please. And I'm guessing, Chris, you're the same. I don't want lots of emails about, this is why you're wrong about this service provider. Um, <laughs> this, comes from, this comes from a place of managing multiple email accounts for, for different people. I'm going to put a bit of a disclaimer in there as well. Anything that you've heard before uh, the 23rd of October, 2020, I have possibly been captured saying, MailChimp is the best thing in the world. I've <laughs> moved on from MailChimp and so have a lot of other people. MailChimp used to be brilliant for authors. Right now, as of today, I've got a couple of recommendations. And the first recommendation is MailerLite. MailerLite has become like the natural successor for MailChimp. They really geared themselves in the very beginning to authors too, where they would partner with, it was InstaFreebie at first, then they changed into Prolific Works, where they'd offer special deals specifically if you are an InstaFreebie customer or Prolific Works customer, you'll get a discount on MailerLite or... Um, they actually have like BookBub logos so that you can leave your BookBub links. I don't, as of right now, I don't think there are any other email service providers that offer like a BookBub social media link at the bottom of your email, the way that they do with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So they kind of almost aggressively, it felt like, went towards authors or for authors. Yeah. Uh, Miller Lite did seem to keep that, uh, hey, look, we really want to uh, be the email marketing tool of choice for creatives, for freelancers. And they do it very well, but it's always good to have competition. And a, and a nice piece of competition for MailerLite at the moment is uh, they're, not, they're not relatively new. It's a product called Moosend. And Moosend came, Moosend's been around for about over 10 years. A couple of years ago, they then decided we're missing out on a big opportunity here. Uh, and they moved into the, uh, the, the, the business, the consumer market, as they would call it. And they started offering a, a product that's great for authors, great for freelancers. It's got a different interface, uh, but they're both relatively comparable products. But Moosend has two advantages over MailerLite at the moment that are significant for authors. The first is price. Because with both of the products, you get your first 1,000 subscribers for free, which is brilliant because, you know what? Go try them both out. Play around with them. See which one you like best. And obviously, the more subscribers you get, you know, the more you're paying with MailerLite, but you're paying reasonably amounts less with Moosend. Support is really good on both. But the, the second really compelling uh, argument I have for Moosend, and it's why I'd kind of, of the two, I think MailerLite is slightly easier to use, but Moosend has this feature that I love. And they insist right from the start, hey, if you want to send email with us, you have to do it through an authenticated domain name. And they will actually send your email out from their servers, but under your authenticated domain right from the start. But honestly, if someone was to say, hey, I've used one service or the other, I'd be like, hey, do you know what? They're both great and they will both do what you need them to do. There are... Much more expensive services out there like ConvertKit, like ActiveCampaign. But honestly, for authors just focused on selling books, they are really expensive uh, and they can be overkill. If you're an right. author uh, with other aspects to your business, uh, so say, for example, you're providing courses or you're selling merch or stuff like that, those other tools, uh, ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, uh, send them blue, things like that. Those can all have you know unique features that are useful to you. But if you're just an author, especially in the early early days of your career, Miller Lite or Moosend. Now, if you are an author who has hit the stage where you're going, dude, I am spending like two hundred, three hundred dollars a month on my email marketing service, and I'm releasing two books a year. Is there any way I can do this cheaper? There absolutely is, which takes you to a different kind of service. Uh, so something which has had a bit of a, a, an explosion over the past few years, 
Amazon offers a simple email service. And what the way this works is Amazon says, hey, you can send uh, a thousand emails for 10 cents, which is great if you happen to be a developer, but if you're not, it kind of sucks and you've lost out. So what's happened is a number of services have come into play and there are services like Flowdesk, uh, services like Email Octopus and Sendy. Uh, and these are tools which you can use, which either connect natively to Amazon SES themselves or let you connect to your own Amazon SES account. Uh, and what this basically means is if you have 100,000 subscribers uh, and you're emailing them a few times a month, um, MillerLite's going to charge you 360 bucks. If you have that same amount of subscribers on something like Flowdesk, you can have as many subscribers as you want for $19. With uh, Email Octopus, it's about $50. With Sandy, it works out about 40 bucks. So it's significantly smaller, but you lose some of the features. So for example, Flowdesk is in beta. And you know there are certain things that Flowdesk doesn't do. So the reporting is not as strong as MailerLite. Their landing pages are branded. You can't have custom domain names with them. You know, and these are things which, as a service, they've said, hey, you know, we're going to improve, but they're probably going to put their prices up as well. So if you're an author who has a large mailing list, and the majority of it is I'm relationship building, I only release a couple of books a year, looking for one of the Amazon SES connected services is going to give you that same amount of quality for a much lower price. You just might not get some of the little bells and whistles you get with MailerLite, less hand-holding as well. Gotcha. So for authors, in your opinion, what's the best way to be able to get people originally over to your email list? Is it using the, like the reader magnets like you would do with Story Origin or BookFunnel, or is there a better way to be able to do that? I definitely recommend setting up a lead magnet. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what a lead magnet is, uh, a lead magnet is something that you offer for free on your website typically in order to get someone's email address in return. And for authors, what we tend to offer is uh, a short story, uh, an extract of the novel, or if you've got a series, you may want to give the first book away for free and say, hey, all you've got to do is sign up my mailing list and I'm going to give you this thing. And I absolutely encourage someone who's just starting out, especially on a first book in a series, don't spend any app on me. You know, go and explore, get your website set up, establish connections with other authors in your genre. You know, through tools like Story Origin and through, through tools like BookFunnel where they offer these different giveaways, those are great for essentially testing your platform. So, you know, can people sign up? Do they get the book? You know, am I getting the right target audience? You know, and you're starting to feed this information back into your own marketing system. But once your platform's established, once you're a couple of books into the series, you know, once your website's set up and once you've tested that workflow, the single best way of consistently growing your mailing list with the people you want, and I'll talk about that in a second, is ads, Facebook ads, Pinterest ads, wherever your uh, Goodreads ads, wherever your target audience hangs out, that's where you should be placing ads to say, hey, person who likes this genre of fiction Here's a new book which you should totally try out, which you should totally read. And it's not just enough to get them to sign up for it. You need to use your email marketing system to get them to read the darn thing as well. Like it or not, you're going to have to spend money because I know you're a member of the uh, 20 Books to 50K group. Yep. I love reading the success stories on there. If anybody who's listening to this isn't a member of that group as well as Carissa's groups, you are bonkers um, because one right. of the nice things I love with that group is people are very generous in saying, hey, I was here. And they are like the longest Facebook post you've ever, you've ever read, right? And they're like just, a full on book. It's almost like we're authors or something. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, they're writing these big long things. It's like, and I was an orphan and I was living on an island and I was shipwrecked and all this horrible stuff <laughs> happened to me. And then I started writing and I got it horribly wrong. It's like um, the X factor when people come on and go, oh yeah. yeah, and it's just like all this bad stuff in my life has happened and it's not my dream to be a star. But these <laughs> ones are much more grounded and based in reality where these folks are saying, hey, look, you know, I was working. The typical thing tends to be I was working a job. I hated it. I was working two jobs. I was a stay-at-home mom. I was unfulfilled. 
you know, and then I started writing and I was doing a hundred words a day and then I found my genre and I did this, you know, and then you're about 500 words in it's like, and then I started making money from my books and they start talking about their whole author's journey. And in every single one of those I have read, they talk about ads and they talk about ads, either feeding sales or feeding their email marketing. And it is impossible to get around it in the early days maybe 10 years ago, you could still have breakout viral successes, you know, on platforms like Facebook, like Instagram. But now those channels are so attuned to, if you want to get noticed, you have to pay um, and ads have to happen. So if you really want to grow that email marketing list with the right people, you've got to buy ads. And when I say the right people, I mean, people who really want to read your book, who are into that sort of fiction. I mean, I can sit and read superhero books all day. Even the terrible ones, you know, I may not enjoy it, but I'll finish it. I guarantee you I will finish it. I'll sit there and I will go, you know, I've been suckered into reading teen romances because they've had superheroes on it. I get to the end and I go, I'm a 48-year-old man and I know what insta-love means. I never used to know what that was until people started sneaking into superhero fiction. The danger with things like newsletter swaps with platforms like Story Origin is that you can get the wrong people downloading your book and that can start skewing your results. So you're going, hey, this is great. I went on the Story Origin and I got 5,000 signups to my newsletter and I'm now going to take those 5,000 and I'm going to promote my book. And then you, you look at it and you know, you're sending out 5,000 emails, but you're going, dude, only like 200 people opened this because... You know, there's a pretty good chance that the 4,800 who signed up were just free books, free books, free books, and you've just been swarmed by freebie hunters. I think that's a little bit less with the newsletter swaps and more with the group giveaways, though, for sure. Because sometimes you can get the really good authors who swap with you and who have a really great audience and who, are, who promote you in a way that highlights you really well. But the, the group giveaways, it's just a bunch of like books in there that are you know, at a discount of some sort. Yeah. Two examples that I've, I've read, and I kind of knew it well have to be very careful now nobody will be able to join them up so these are actually two examples that appeared on 20 books to 50k um, and i did work for both of these people uh, for both of these authors uh, and one of them went through the group giveaway and was okay. like oh my goodness i've had 10,000 signups you know from one promotion this person got 10,000 signups holy cow and they they fed me hey here is the here are the email addresses i want you to run ads on this I was like, okay, and with Facebook ads, which is a whole other subject, with Facebook ads, you're very quickly able to tell this data is good or this data is not so good. And this data mm-hmm. was kind of, you know, I was running the ads and the responses were, eh, eh. Whereas when another author who went through the process of going through story origin, identifying who was in their genre and reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in not just putting this in your email and going, hey, this is a book that you might like, but I'd like you to read the book. And if you like it, even if you you read the first couple of chapters, would you promote it on your newsletter? And they landed someone with a 65,000 subscriber newsletter. Nice. For their style of book and said, hey, would you read this? Blah, blah, blah. And with absolutely no reciprocation whatsoever, this 65,000 subscriber holder came back and said, dude, I just, you know, I emailed everybody about your book. Hope it gives you a bump. And it absolutely did. They came away with 12,500 signups because the author who had referred them, uh, again, very cleverly, you know, always says, hey, if you like this stuff, tell other people, tell other people, tell other people. Right. Uh, they came away with 12,500 signups. Uh, and, a, and a pretty nice book launch as well, which was, you know, that was massively unexpected to them. That's fantastic. It's better to have an audience of a thousand people who are into what you do than an audience of 10,000 who just came along because, you know, there was a free book. I'm just getting the free book. Yeah. Um, tools like Story Origin, tools like Book Funnel, uh, the, the group giveaways and things like that can be useful but don't get sucked in by the prospect of big sign-up numbers because they will just skew your demographics to the point where you're going, I'm, I'm trying to sell a romance book to you know, a 60-year-old ex-military veteran uh, who, who reads <laughs> Guns and Ammo. Right. And this is what, especially for newer authors, you're trying to identify what those demographics are 
it's a nice it's a nice sort of segue into uh, segmentation because segmentation is where you can slice and dice your mailing list. You can't see this at home, but I'm I'm waving my hands about as if I'm slicing things up. <laughs> um, and for for authors, this is you, you'll you'll get authors who will go out and they will get like the super expensive email marketing thing uh, because it does all this wonderful automation and tagging and and all these other sorts of things, and it will absolutely kill you at the start because the reality is what you're looking for is something which segments your uh, your audience into four groups, and those four groups are everyone who signs up is a subscriber. You then want to use your segmentation to start identifying who are my readers. So, you know, someone who has signed up and has downloaded a book, it's fair enough to assume that they're a reader, you know, because they have your product in hand. And that then someone who is a reader, how do you then progress them into the third segment, which is a reviewer? And there are ways of getting people to self-identify because obviously Amazon sucks at giving you any data, uh, you know, and you don't want to be that creepy guy who is scrolling through Amazon reviews and going, I think that's this guy. I think, I think that's this guy, so I'll mark it as that. There are ways of getting people to happily self-identify. And then the fourth group, depending on your preferred terminology, uh, you know, so someone who has been a subscriber, liked your copy so much that they downloaded your book, liked the book so much that they left a, re- a review, positive review, then moves into that fourth segment. And again, the terminology is different, but you may want to promote that person from being a reviewer into being part of your advanced reader group or your, uh, your beta readers, you may want to promote them into that because these are your super fans. And segmentation inside emails is important. And the reason why I say that is that as you send out your email marketing messages, you can choose what to send to who or whom, I should say. You know, if you are in a new work in progress and it's getting near the end, you may want to just contact your uh, advanced reading group to say, hey, here's the work in progress. You know, you can get an early look. You know, I want that early feedback. Here's cover. You know, this is the group who you can talk to about covers, you know, and about, I was thinking on releasing it in this date because these are your super fans who will then go out and tell other people, you know, right. and you can actively go to them and say, I would really love it if you went to on all of your social medias and started linking to the book. That would be marvelous because there's a strong likelihood that they are going to do it. And even taking it right back, if someone is in your mailing list and who isn't marked as a reviewer, then you can start sending them an email, an automated email a couple of times a year saying, hey, I would love if you reviewed one of my books. You know, and put in that self-selection thing where until they click the, the link that says, I've already reviewed this, um, that they keep getting that automated email, those gentle reminders. And you know, if you're sending those out twice a year without any thought that you don't have to do it, it's, it's automation, it's automatically generated for you your reviews are just going to grow in the background without you having to do anything other than write those original emails. And again, the email marketing service, where if you put the link in there, which says, hey, you know, someone clicked on this and they went to Amazon to leave me a review, you can then have your email marketing service wait for 10 days and then go back and say, hey, just want to check. Did you have any problems leaving the review? Was it an okay process? Is there any feedback I can give Amazon? Like we can, but you know, you've got to give the illusion. And if someone goes, hey, no, it was a really smooth process, bang, they've just become a reviewer and it's an example of self-selection. And you're progressing people through and you know, the joys of an email marketing service is you can have all of this from when someone signs up and gets your freebie to sending auto-generated emails that says, hey, you know, did, you, did you like the book? What did you like most? What did you like least? And then based on their behavior, you can take them through that process where you're gently nudging them, not harassing, to go from a subscriber to a reader to a reviewer to, okay, who makes the most noise? You know, who is just, you know, absolutely brilliant at coming back to me and saying, I love your book so much and I was telling all my friends, hey, I am promoting you to one of my advanced readers. Oh, you know, it'd be like, you know, if, if, if someone was a big fan of the Beatles and, you know, and, you know, and George said, hey, do you want to come backstage and listen to the rehearsals? Yes. Yes. I love you, George. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Massively dating myself. I wasn't around for the Beatles. It was just the first group I could think of. But that's, that's where the, the relationship building comes in because email marketing for authors isn't just, I have a new book, buy my book. It's about that relationship building and, and recognizing people for, you know, when someone clicks on the link to say, yes, I've left you a review. Well, then it goes away and then it comes back and it's, hey, here's a special link. And it's a video of, you know, for example, with you, Carissa, you know, it's a video of you going, hey, 
I want to say thanks very much for reviewing my book. That means an awful lot to me. Thank you so much for doing that. And then someone's skipping about going, hey, that was a nice little thank you. I'm really impressed. And it's actually possible as well to have technology where you're holding up a blank little piece of card and it says, hi, John, thanks for the review because it takes the name from the email marketing list and prints it on the card as you hold up in the video. That is all feasible these days. It's all about personalization, relationship building. So I know that's a sort of shooting off at a tangent, but it's, again, building those relationships, segmenting people down, and yet, honestly, treating someone who, you know, has bought your books, has left your reviews, treating them a little bit different and a bit more specially than someone who, dude, you haven't even opened my freaking emails in six months. So, you know, you're not getting my love. This person's getting my love. <laughs> right? Well, and it's that kind of surprising moment too, because if there's not a lot of people that are doing whatever it is you plan on doing, say your example, for instance, it makes them stop and go, holy cow, that was really a neat thing that just happened there. What? what? <laughs> so I could see that. So speaking of all those segments and all those people, let's say we get a lot of people into the list. Our goal is obviously to interact with them, like you said, and to have that relationship. But what happens when the email service providers do want to start flagging you as spam? Are there any newsletter best practices to stay out of those spam or promotion folders so that we actually get in front of our readers? Oh, and if this was a podcast that was about 15 hours long, it'd be great. But because <laughs> uh, I could just talk about Give spam us your top three, top three. <laughs> so the key thing to remember about spam filters is there's a, a very brief background, and I promise this is brief. So spam filters score every single inbound email. So every email that you send goes out to different email servers around the world. And all of these email servers have their own spam filtering system. So Google, as I say, has got an incredibly brilliant one driven unsurprisingly by artificial intelligence. But no matter how advanced they get, all spam filters at the core are exactly the same and that they score every inbound email and they score them from zero to 10. Zero being, you know, whoa, that's very good. You know, it's just like, hey, I have no concerns about this email whatsoever and it sends it straight through to when it reaches 10, it's like, yeah, do you know what? You are spammy McSpammerson and I'm not letting you anywhere <laughs> near my client's email account. What it tends to be is an email that scores five or higher is more likely to get into spam. So different email servers have different uh, degrees of aggression when it comes to, oh, I only accept emails with three or below, everything else goes into spam. But the average tends to be about five. And every spam filter has its own customized rules to score emails. But, but here's a, a relatively typical example. If someone signs up, so someone finds your website and they go, that's the book for me, I want that, I want that lead magnet, and they give your email address. Your first email goes screaming towards their email server, but it gets stopped by their spam filter. And it says, okay, before you go any further, I wanna check a couple of things. Okay, so this is the first time this email account has received an email from you. So I'm going to add a point from that. So you were at zero, but I'm giving you an automatic one point penalty. It then checks for, and I don't want to get massively technical, but there's a couple of, there's a couple of DNS records. There's three DNS records specifically. They're called SPF, DKIM, and DMARC. And it's way too complicated to go into right now. But... A spam filter will say, hey, has your email got those three records which says this email is from that domain? And if you don't have one of them, so for example, if you don't have your DKIM, it'll say, hey, that's another two-point penalty. You're at three points, buddy. The next thing it'll do is, whoa, you've got five images in your email. That's plus 0.2 points for each because they're going, hey, you know what? Friends don't really send other friends a lot of images. It tends So spam filter is essentially looking for conversation. Whereas if you send something with a lot of images, it's going, you're not his friend. You're just trying <laughs> to sell him something. So it will give a couple of extra points. I'll give 0.2 points. But it knows every now and again, you know, I want to send Chris a, you know, a, look at this cat falling off this roof, but it's okay. Ooh, you know, funny gift. <laughs> Um, but you know, spam filters know that. So they go, yeah, but sometimes they just do. So it penalizes you, but not as much. But then that same email has 12 links in it because yeah, you'll maybe link to one or two things, but like 12. So it goes, yeah, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to penalize you another half a point for each one of those. And then it looks at it and says, yeah, there's only like 10 words in this email. That's a really low text, the link and image ratio. So that's another point. 
Uh, and it's just penalizing and penalizing and penalizing. But then it goes, yeah, but you know what? It's really well laid out. The HTML is clean in this. So I'm going to take two points off. But your total score is still nine points. So you're going into spam. You're just not going any further. Whereas if for your first email as an author, you send it to someone and all it says is, hey, Carissa, I just want to thank you for signing up for you know, uh, my first book. I really hope you enjoy reading it. Thanks, Stephen. The spam filter is going to go, hey, it's the first time, so I'm going to penalize you with a point, but it's clean text. There's no links. It's all pretty straightforward. It looks like a conversation. I'm going to let you in. Then when it gets the next email five minutes later, two minutes later, with the link to download the book, it's going to go, you've got a link, but I've seen you before, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to start letting you in. So you're starting to train spam filters. It's all about trying to convince the spam filters, hey, this is a conversation. It's not a sales pitch. So the, the, the kind of the main points on to do that is, you know, it's use one of the good email marketing service, you know, so the ones I've mentioned, MailerLite, MooSend, you know, send a email octopus, you know, even MailChimp. I mean, MailChimp is still, it, it's got expensive, but it's still a really good service. And they send emails with clean HTML code. The next is the validate. And if you're listening at home, I'm not going to go through how to do this. But if you just go into Google and type in, how do you validate DKIM, SPF, and DMARC records? There are loads of videos online. There's YouTube videos. There's all sorts. Uh, that will tell you how to do it. Even if you I go think to even inside the platform, provider, yeah, I was going to say yeah. in the email service provider, I know MailerLite has uh, information on how to do your DKIM yeah. and every, everything where it, it walks you straight through the whole process. Just a quick note on that. A lots of the service providers will have a guidance on how to do it. Quite a few will say, hey, you don't really need to do this. You do. Ignore them, just say, do you know what? I know I probably don't need to do this, but I'd like to anyway. It is really worth doing because it will help get you past spam filters more often. I also definitely recommend that when someone signs up to your mailing list, that you redirect them to a dedicated thank you page. And that the dedicated thank you page says, hey, thanks for signing up. And then ask them, can you add me to your contact list? You're going to get an email from, you know, Stephen, Carissa, at whatever the email address is. Can you add this to your contact list? Use your thank you page to make it more likely to get past the spam folder. Ask people in the thank you page, add this email address to your contacts list. It's right there. They're more likely to do it and it increases your open rates and it's absolutely fantastic. Don't try to sell anybody and please, 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 please. Don't try to sell anybody in a thank you page after they've just signed up your mailing list. It is a massive waste of time. You <laughs> may sell one book. You may sell one book. Or you can ask them to add you to their contacts list where you can email them forever and sell them lots of books. Right. We'll never ask someone to do one thing in a thank you page and make that one thing to be to add you to their contacts list. The next thing I definitely recommend is sending what I call a welcome workflow. And I mentioned it earlier where your welcome workflow is, you know, you start with a simple email, just thanking them. Thanks for signing up to my email. You know, keep an eye out. Uh, the next email is going to be your link to your free book. It's a nice, simple text email. There's no promotional stuff in it. And it's just to help you get past the spam filter to start educating that user's inbox. I want to hear from Chris. I want to hear from Stephen. Uh, the next email is here is the link to download your book, wherever that's going to be. And then you kind of scale, you know, and I typically tend to say, you know, your welcome or your nurture sequences tends to be between three to seven emails, depending on what way you're going to build it up. And it's helping people get to know you. And in all those emails, ask a question. Love this. I got this tip a couple of years ago, well, five years ago. And it's like the best thing. So simple. But in a couple of those emails, Put a little PS, PS, hey, I'd love to know what part of the world you're from. Hit reply, let me know. Hey, uh, you know, PS, hey, what book are you reading right now? Encouraging those replies starts building up not just the relationship between you and the subscriber, but it also sends this massive signal to the spam filter of, oh, this is a two-way conversation. These people really are friends. Okay, I'm going to let, you know, hey, you come on in, come on in. And it improves your score, improves your sender reputation. 
The kind of annoying thing is, is that I could be emailing Carissa, we could be emailing backwards and forwards for like five years. But then one day when I decide to send their link to you, hey, I've just opened up a new e-commerce store and I think you'll love this stuff. The spam filter is going to go, hey, no, that's still spam. And it's going to drop me into the spam filter. Do keep an eye open on your open rates because they will change for every email campaign that you send. And they'll be relatively consistent. But if one day you spot that your open rate just plummets to like 3%, what did you put in that email? Because the spam filters really didn't like it. Don't do that again. And then I mentioned it up earlier, and it amazes me the amount of people that don't do this. Create a specific Gmail test account. So the Gmail account that I use to uh, subscribe to all the newsletters, I subscribe to all of my clients' newsletters and my newsletters as well because I always send a test email. So when I build the campaign, the first thing I do is I hit test. I send it out, and I look to see where it goes. And if it lands in the spam folder, I've got to go and do something about that. That makes sense. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the key things that will get you past the spam folder. But if you're hitting under 20%, too much of your email is going into spam. So um, it's more like yeah. a one-on-one -on -one kind of ratio. Like each email that you send out, it determines whether or not you're going to go into spam. It's not going to be like, oh, you went into spam this one time. So for the next, I don't know, six weeks, you're locked in spam hell <laughs> until you, you find a way to pull out of it. A, a different conversation you and I have had in the past is one of the things about group giveaways that they do in things like Story Origin and Book Funnel is that you know you can be signed up and they'll send a hey here's my weekly newsletter hey this week I went snowboarding blah 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 hey here are 50 free books for you and there are 50 images and 50 links and that email is going into spam I guarantee that email is going into spam um, because you know I've you know I've seen hundreds of them coming in on a weekly basis sometimes and going hey these guys are all signed up for the same giveaway. <laughs> Um, and every single one of them, without, without fail, hasn't even made it into the promotions folder, has made it into spam. That is just, you know, Gmail is just when, dude, you're going into spam. You're so spammy, it's unbelievable. And it's about going, right, okay, you know, if, if you're worried that stuff is going into spam, what I recommend doing is scaling back and going, hey, do you know what the newsletter I'm going to send this week? Uh, it's going to be largely text. It's going to have no links in it other than the unsubscribe link because the unsubscribe link is still passes a link and sending that out and then seeing what the open rates like you know with a, a non-salesy headline so you know a good one for authors is actually a brilliant one for authors is here's my new writing process and it's a simple text email there's no images in it and then compare that to the open rates of your previous emails and i'll be massively surprised if it doesn't go up I mean, if, if someone's listening to this now and going, Dude, are you kidding me? I've got a book lunch. Honestly, dial it back. You know, you can, you can still send out your book lunch email and all that other sort of great stuff, you know, but send out those relationship emails. Dial it back to something simple. That's what I'd recommend for your newsletters. You know, I, I hate image headers. I mean, I'm just going, you know, and again, spam filters go, yeah, you aren't a real person. This isn't a real conversation because who goes, hey, I'm going to send a letter to my mum. Uh, or my mom, if I was in the States, I'm going to send a letter to my mom. And uh, you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to start this with an image header of, a, of my brand. Hey, look, it's Stephen Gordon, author brand at the top. Dear mother, how are you today? You know, it just, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. I mean, I always say to everyone, look, save your branding, save all of that for your website. Uh, use your emails to have a conversation. Okay, so that brings up a question for me because I actually have my my newsletter header that I've created just where it's just a little image at the top. So you're saying that that shouldn't even exist up there, that you should just start with what they're, hey, Stephen, how's it going? And then hope that they know who you are. <laughs> yeah, well, ah, no, actually, that's a really great point. So this kind of takes us back a little bit that when you're setting everything up inside your email marketing service provider, you get to set some options. And one of the, a couple of those options, the first one is uh, what email address do you want to send this from? So I like sending it from Stephen at Email Marketing Superstars. But you then get to set your name. And people don't do this, and it's bunkers. So it's the from name. You know, so I put in there, Stephen, uh, Email Superstars. So when the email comes up in someone's inbox, they go, oh, it's Stephen from Email Superstars. Because if I just put Stephen Gordon, I know I'm not that important to people's lives that they're going, oh my goodness, it's Stephen Gordon. If I was in Gaiman, <laughs> fair enough. But, you know, Stephen Gordon is going to go, I don't know who Stephen Gordon is. From an author's perspective, if it's someone who's recently signed up, 
and they've maybe got three or four books in their in their Kindle with a backlog. Yeah, right. Hundreds more like. Um, but if right. you know, someone's got a backlog of free books that they're going to read, they're going to go, I don't remember even signing up for this. But whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if it says, take you, for example, you know, if the from name is, you know, uh, Chris and it says, you know, urban fantasy author or whatever you want, straight away it's putting into their heads, oh, yeah, that's a book person, that's an author. I think mine comes out supernatural suspense author, where it's Carissa Andrews, yeah. supernatural suspense author. That that is something uh, that I, is, I at least did do. <laughs> I did do that one right. Yay! Yes. Um. Almost. 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 What did I screw up now? <laughs> no. Look again. Look. This is where you know being massively anally retentive helps, um, <laughs> which you know most other people aren't going to do this. Okay. But the the preview on email has a character count. So yeah. with uh, on a on a mobile, if someone's checking their email on a mobile device, the from name is twenty characters. That's all you get. Sure. So it's you know it, they'll maybe see Stephen something. The best policy when you're putting your from name is don't bury the lead. Put the important stuff at the front. You know. Okay. So you know, do I have to have my name at the front? Um, I'd certainly, I certainly, I never put Stephen Gordon because it's just like, who? But I will tend to put my first name and then something short and sharp and instantly recognizable. So, you know, Stephen, and then I use the pipe symbol, email superstars. And it tends to pop up even on the shortest ones. Oh. It says email, it says Stephen email super. I was like, oh yeah, and it's enough for recognition. That's the easy identifier. Because people are going, oh, I have to have this branded header in my email. And they're going, dude, honestly, someone's already decided if they're going to open your email way before that point. And where they decide is the from name. Hey, it's the from name. I want to read this. This is one that's interesting to me. People sign up for an author's newsletter because of the content, because of the written word. Give it to them. Just give that to them. Don't worry about the images. If you've got a nice snazzy new book cover, yeah, put that on there. Make it a single image. But I tend to recommend away from, you know, snazzy headers, images everywhere. I mean, use them, but, you know, images and links for emails is like seasoning for food. You know, a little goes an awful long way. Got it. You know, if you're going, I'm sending out this email, you know, I've written my new book. I'm getting ready to launch. Here are the two possible book designs. Which one should I use? That's seasoning the content. You know, so that's going to get you past the spam filters. That's fantastic. Okay, so do you have any other creative ideas for authors to be able to use their email list? Anything that, like, just to, off the top of your head that would give them something to think about before we sign off here? The very last thing I'll say, and I mentioned romance authors have been doing this for a while, and that is to have your plan because there's nothing worse. You get massively enthusiastic. You start your email list, and you do it for a couple of weeks, and, and then you're just tired, and you don't know what to put next, and you just taper off. And then the next thing you know, people haven't heard from you in months. And then you're going back to them and saying, hey, I've got a new book. And they're like, I don't even know who you are, dude. Why am I going to buy a book? (laughs) You can either identify a pattern or you can have a template. One version that I used for a while and I kind of liked it was work in progress. This is what I've read. This is what I've listened to. This is what I've watched. This is what I recommend. And it was the same five points in the email every week. I didn't use headers. It was just a long form email. And people really liked it. It worked really well. Authors understand that concept of, of structure. You know, so just as you've got you know, your hero's journey, just as you've got your, your save the cat formulas, uh, your three-act structures, it's the same for your email marketing. You can decide, this is what I want to talk about each week, and this is the layout, and then just go for it. So that would be my number one recommendation. Because if you're not putting out content, you've got nothing to measure. Uh, If you're not sending your newsletters, you've got nothing to measure. You won't know if your service provider is good or bad. You won't know if your your open rates are high or low. You won't know if you're going into spam or not, if you're not sending out an email every week. And weekly is, you know, I've I've run a couple of polls. I've tested this numerous times. And weekly is the best it is the best frequency to send out your newsletter. It just keeps you in someone's head constantly. Now, you obviously teach people how to do email marketing properly. So where do they yes. find you? 
Uh, absolute best place is just go to emailmarketingsuperstars.com. There is a contact form on there. Just It's got links to my social medias. Uh, it's got my email. It's got everything on there. If you have questions, uh, I'm quite happy to talk about this stuff, point you in the right direction. You know, or if you go, I don't want to do this. I want to hire you. You can go on there. We can start that conversation. But you know, it's not a pay to play. You know, especially if you're an author. If you're an author, listening to this, and you're going, I don't really know where to start. Just get in touch. We can sort something out. And and chances are, you're going to go away knowing what you need to know, and it's not going to cost you a penny. Well, there you have it. Stephen Gordon's tips on how to be able to best utilize author email marketing so that we can not only get our emails into the inboxes and out of spam hell, but also to be able to engage our readers in a way that entices them to not only buy our books, but to stick around and understand who we are and really build a relationship with them so that hopefully we can even cultivate them from being not only a subscriber, but to a reader, to a reviewer, and ultimately to someone who wants to be an avid super fan. Thank you so much again, Stephen Gordon, for being here today and for being a part of the podcast. All right, so be sure to head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 53 to head over to the show notes and get some of the links and information that Stephen Gordon was talking about. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out by going over to the Author Revolution online community Facebook group where we can talk a little bit more about email marketing and how we can utilize it best for our author careers. All right, guys. That's it for today. I hope you go forth and start your author revolution.